This is Chelsea. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast on which we watch very special episodes of television from the past to see what they have to teach us today. Today we will be looking at Growing Pains. The episode is called Thank God It's Friday. This is season two, episode 15, mm-hmm. originally aired February 10th, 1987, written by Dan Guntelman and Steve Marshall. Yep. Which ushers us right into our... It's not. It's going to be brief. Um, a, our segment, uh, You Wrote What? You Wrote What? Uh, Revenge of the Nerds 2. Oh, which one? Nerds in Paradise. Damn. <laughs> both of them. They both, both of wrote them. the screenplay for they Revenge of the Nerds They were a writing team that went from this episode mm-hmm. of Growing Pains. Wow. Amazing. What's the what's a, what's a natural follow-up yeah, to no, Cocaine it makes sense. Party? It makes sense. Uh, you can buy this episode for $1.99 on Amazon Prime. Yeah. If you want... But really think it through. (laughs) Yeah. Let's dive uh, into a little background about Growing Pains. The show ran for 167 episodes, seven seasons between 1985 and 1992. Of course, in later seasons, as we know, you've got Kirk Cameron becoming a religious zealot and Mm -hmm. Tracy Gold's life-threatening anorexia and homeless Leonardo DiCaprio being brought in. But right now, we're in the early days of season two. Season two is when they choose to tackle this subject. Yep. I feel like we were at least in season three before somebody tried to fuck Mike uh, Mike Seaver. <laughs> that was season one. Was that season one? The Madonna one? Complex was season oh. one. Boy, what's season three going to oh be about? Gosh. The family consists of Dr. Jason Seaver, patriarch, a therapist who works from home, his wife Maggie, who's a journalist, and they have three kids in the beginning, a teen heartthrob Mike, played by Kirk Cameron, mm-hmm. tween nerd Carol, tra- played by uh, Tracy Gold, and preteen precocious Ben, I don't know the actor's name. I'm so sorry. Sorry to this man. Sorry, Ben. Uh, later in season six, they'll have another daughter, Chrissy. It's a real cousin Oliver situation. Oh, surely. And, uh, and, then, then, and then Leonardo DiCaprio comes in as a teen that Mike is mentoring. So, but right now we still have the original. living in a dumpster teen. We still have the original. Which is two parents, three actually kids. based on Leonardo DiCaprio's real life. Real life. Wow. Yeah. He's really come a long way. That's why he's so cool about the environment. He's like, if you only had recycled more things, I could have gotten more just insulation. food. <laughs> <laughs> wow, insensitive. So yes, so let's get into our snack, which please. um, it's time to get into our Levi Petrie Memorial Snack Time Hour. Except he's still alive, and today I have something that I believe uh, that it really honors the the Levi Petrie Snack Time Hour, which is jelly beans. Mm. These are Jelly Belly holiday favorites this thing for fall. Proclaims itself to be fun. So the flavors that we have here are cranberry sauce, mm-hmm. candy cane, pumpkin pie, eggnog, and hot chocolate. And then it says, take our factory tour, which I have done. It's driving distance from Chicago. It's in Wisconsin. Uh, Well, I guess I missed it then. Uh, It's a lot of fun. Dang. And then you get to eat a bunch of jelly bellies. Do you get to see the the actual titular belly? No. It's also not like a factory tour. Like you would just like, oh, there's the assembly line. Oh, there's people working. It's like like an attraction. It's like... uh, uh, the history of Jelly Bellies and animatronic displays and uh, like you ride a little tram around. It's no one's actually working. Do they have a Pirates <laughs> of the Jelribian? <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically it. <laughs> Mr. Toad's Wild Belly Ride. Let's do it. Let's eat these. Let's start with cranberry sauce. I didn't have the cranberry sauce. I thought it was just it, very berry. That seems like an easy enough thing to pull sure. off in a jelly bean. Miles, yep. did you have the cranberry sauce one? Okay. Candy cane. Yeah. Tastes like a fucking candy cane. It does. This was my favorite. Okay. I don't think I've ever had a minty jelly bean before, but oh. I was like, I like the like York peppermint patty kind yeah. of tasting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a fan. I would eat a whole, like I would have a handful of just the candy cane ones. Sure. Pumpkin pie. Also fine. It, it tasted, tasted like, like a, cinnamon. Yeah, it tasted like we were talking about it earlier. It tasted like um, uh, cinnamon toast crunched. 
It was very cinnamon forward. I didn't get very much pumpkin very at all. Very cinnamon forward. That's the face I was making when you were like. Oh, I was making. I was like, why does this taste like a cinnamon? Face about eggnog because it mm. was it, again spot on. Yeah. Same with hot chocolate. Chocolate just tastes like. I don't like chocolate flavored squishy berry like like jelly chocolate sure. stuff. Like I just give me actual chocolate. Don't put chocolate flavor into something like that. Here, my experience was this. Uh, this was disconcerting. I liked the eggnog ones. That's fine. They tasted like the thing they were supposed to taste yeah. like. In a way that you were like, what chemicals am I eating that are it's, tricking my brain into thinking what. this? And, and Jelly Belly, feel free to use this slogan. It's like a tiny matrix in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's the thing that it's supposed to be, Just but it's not quite right. Bean-shaped lie. <laughs> yeah. Would you take the red bean or the blue bean? <laughs> they do seem to be Jelly Belly... One of the more successful people at making you think you're eating the thing. Yes. I just can't do it anymore, I don't think. I think, like, mm. you know, uh, I just, it's it's it so spot on. It doesn't taste... It's like an uncanny valley. Yeah. Yes. It's an, un- it's an yeah. uncanny bean. It's an uncanny valley. <laughs> uncanny valley! There it is! Boom, Why didn't it, we have we that one for last it. episode for the diabetes doesn't episode? Matter. doesn't matter. Uncandy Valley. Hey, go back in time and uh, <laughs> listen to our last episode and just shout Uncandy Valley <laughs> when you it. think it's appropriate. What are, you, what are we grading these? Oh. oh. What did we grade the last one? We didn't. We didn't. We have to retroactively. Oh, Kinder Egg? <laughs> we're giving um, those a D. Yeah, we're giving Kinder Eggs a D. I it's get, not a circus I, peanut, here's but it's the not thing. better. Like, if I'm grading it on its taste, it gets an A. But we grade snacks on like the experience of it. So I kind of give it like a B just because like the uncanniness of it and the the feeling that somehow robots have taken over uh-huh. a little bit more. <laughs> like robots are controlling our jelly beans now. Uh, that knocks it down to a B for me. Okay. What are you thinking? I was going to say a C, honestly. Oh, it's fine. I mean, me. they're fine, but like, I, I wouldn't pick them the robots, over. Though. I wouldn't pick them over any other snack. You sure. know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. It's a B. All right. Well, I'm, I'm outvoted then. It's a B. What do you give the Kinder Eggs? Oh, the Kinder Eggs get a D. Okay. Kinder eggs the, I would eat them before I eat a circus peanut. The circus peanut is my F. Sure. The circus peanut is what I am judging it as. Yeah, I, I also. We haven't hit another that. thing that's that bad yet no. for me. Let's talk about a goddamn episode of television. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So. Uh, growing pains. Uh, we're going to start this out with my second favorite moment of the episode. Oh, wow. Well, get a load of this. And I don't know if you, you <laughs> know this. Get a load of the say. Get a load of this fucking shit. <laughs> say that. Get a load of this. Extra, extra episode begins. Extra. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the episode starts in the kitchen of the Seaver house. The phone rings and young precocious Ben answers the phone by saying, Ben Seaver's residence, Ben Seaver speaking. Mm-hmm. The audience laughs. However, if you listen very closely, there are audible gasps at the <laughs> disrespect of this child. <laughs> I had to listen to it three times to be on the safe side, but he says Ben Seaver's residence, and somebody goes, <gasps> "The audacity! That's not his house at all." What? No, he's the youngest of the Seavers. And if you'll remember the the last episode that we did on Growing Pains, the title of the episode was "The Height of Eighties Disrespect." Yes, and I think we've hit a new yes. height every season. They have to disrespect adults in even in a new more. Way. Oh my gosh. Ben Seaver's residence. Oh no. <laughs> not no, make him make him say it's his dad. We're already in the special world. This is not Ben Seaver's residence. Um, ben Seaver has somehow won the title to this house. <laughs> it's a game of backroom poker. <laughs> Growing pains, the Oedipus episodes. <laughs> so <laughs> gross. Yeah. So, I know. <laughs> so this cold open sets up the most ordinary of worlds. Boy. Youngest child Ben answers the phone and then he tries to listen in on his sister's conversation with her boyfriend. Mike is in the driveway, quote, air drying his newly washed car. Keep moving. Uh, Mom and dad are supposed to go to the movies for a date night until mom comes home and she's too tired and they decide to stay in and watch TV as a family. Um, And then Carol's date is canceled, but through his 2D level snooping skills, Ben manages to figure out all the details and relay them to the family before Carol comes in to tell them the date's been canceled. Absolutely. So that's the, well, this is what it's we have bad, set up. No, honestly, the family's going to stay home and yeah. Mike's going to go out. This is what we know. You can see in the, if you are reading the script, this is actually really clever where it's this kid has all of the information and he relates it to each person who comes in. 
in his own way. Yeah. Like in just one piece at a time. And then when Carol yes. comes in, everybody yells the information at. Uh, right. Wait, wait, is it Carol? It's Carol. Carol. Yeah. They, yeah, the, the it's girl a good, comes It's in. well handled exposition. It is. But the, yeah. the execution of it in this episode is just so sloppy that it's yeah. like, it doesn't come through. And then Mike also, says. Also, by the way, it's the titular Friday. It is Friday. Uh, Mike says he and his friends, Eddie and Boner. Excuse I'm me? still amazed that they got away with calling a character Boner for fuck. seven fucking seasons. How in the god His name is like something fuck. Stabone. His last name is like Stabone or no, something? No, yeah, it's Bone Ski or something. Yeah, 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 Stabone. But they call him Boner for seven fucking seasons. I just can't believe. I feel like whoever wrote that in the first script must have been like, well, I'll try to think of something from the... Surely wait, they're not gonna... Oh, no, it's fine because it's his what? name? Fine, great. Oh, oh, fuck. We're gonna call this guy Testicles. Yeah, How's yeah, yeah. How's that gonna go? No? Okay, great. Why not uh, the twins? This is... <laughs> This guy's last name is Assholeski. <laughs> We're so just going to call him Asshole. Call him Asshole. What? So, oh, oh, that's the lie. It's his name. All right. So, Ben, when Mike says that he and Eddie and Boner are going to go hang you out. Eddie Fuckshitowski? <laughs> ben says, 10 bucks says he's going trolling for chicks. Ben's a real Bobby Brady with the uh, scene buttoning one-liners. Well, we're going to get to Ben's precociousness uh, and how they're handling it. But first, all right, so if you're still reeling from the fact that Mike's <laughs> talking about his friend Boner, <laughs> then he says he's going to take a shower in case, because I might get lucky. Yeah, your mom's in the room, dude. Yeah. Also, you, is he? he's like a kid. Yeah, well, I think he's like, yeah, like 16. Or right, 17. Well, we, all right, let's keep that in mind, too, yeah, because yeah, we've yeah. got a curfew fucking issue that comes up <laughs> that I need to mail back to my fucking parents. Yeah, what time was your curfew in high school? Ah, I didn't get to go out. <laughs> there was no Actually, curfew. To be fair, uh, thank you, uh, divorce. Uh, I didn't have a curfew when I was 16. I didn't either. I Because just I had just to... kept staying out late. Oh, but I see. But here's the ironic twist. I stayed out late playing Dungeons and Dragons. You rebel. Oof, and eating pizza hot pizza. <laughs> It's the opposite of a cocaine party. <laughs> I didn't have a curfew, but it was like every time I was going somewhere, there was an established time for sure. that night that it I was supposed sense. to be back, which meant I could still get in trouble. I could still break curfew, but there wasn't a set one. It was always different for whatever night it was. But then couldn't you, without a set curfew, did you or could you have ever used the, oh, I'm sorry, I was thinking about the other time when my curfew was this? No. You should have. I should have. You should have done that where it was like. But my parents were also pretty cool with me calling and being like, hey, yeah. I'm going to be half an hour later. You know. There's so much cocaine here. There's so much cocaine. I've only got two nostrils, mom and Rhonda's dad. Rhonda's only checking out the hot tub now. So yeah. we haven't even been in there yet. Mom and dad, the hot tub. <laughs> okay. So that's that's all set up. Yeah. We're, and now we, we have a theme song, which is different from season one. It's more soulful, if yeah. anything. In season one, we had the lesser scene, no photos of any cast members opening credit style. Oh, isn't this the one where they do the, the families throughout history? Yeah, and, that was and season some, one oh, was just Jesus families throughout Christ. history. Christ. This season, we've replaced that with childhood photos of the cast members, sure. which I like. That's I fun. kind of like that type There's of There's an audacity to uh, uh, being course, like, here are famous families throughout the year, and here is the product of Yes, all here's the culmination of evolution. The Seavers. The Seavers. Um, and of course, uh, the, the theme song that Show Me That Smile theme song is just... You know, it's iconic. This is Show one of the smile. best. One of the best. All right. Let's get into act one. Let's do our um, call to adventure. Yeah. So it's a literal phone call to adventure. <laughs> <laughs> the phone plays it. Everybody, the, the amount of like those specific telephone cords mm -hmm. in this, there must be a mile of those. Yeah. There are those. a lot of like phone call ex machina moments in this episode. Truly. Um, so first things first, we have to talk about. Maggie Seaver living in a suburban nightmare. Uh, so the family is now going to just sit at home and watch a movie at home on their Betamax, it looks right. like. And Maggie comes in with everybody's shitty sounding TV dinners. Yeah. And she is thrilled. She's, I guess She's it's because like, like they never do this. this. One, and here's the, but she is over the moon about yeah. like these horrible sounding TV dinners. Like here's your bratwurst and gruel. Yeah. Here's your, here's your taste. Just like chicken, not chicken meal. Yeah. Here's your cherry cobbler and gravel. It's just, <laughs> it all sounds terrible, but she is just like, she's, she's gleefully yeah. serving this it's to her family. Great. It's not great. 
Uh, yeah, so then we get the phone call to adventure. Eddie calls to see what's keeping Mike, and Mike is upstairs shaving. He says, uh, and then he, he tells Ben to take a message, and what Ben yells is, what's keeping you? There's a thousand vices out here with your name on them. What is them. up with that? Foreshadowing. Truly. Um, so Mike like, assures- We're only going to need one vice. <laughs> right. Miami Vice. So yeah. Mike <laughs> Mike assures his parents that they've done a fine job raising him. He doesn't foresee any issues tonight. And then we have this little bit of comedy, which doesn't really actually kind of like pays off in a joke sort later, but it's of. like a lot of, a, it's a long lead up to this punchline. Nah. The sitter comes over because the parents forgot to cancel the babysitter for Ben. Uh, and then the sitter's like, well, I'm not allowed to go home because I'm not allowed to be there alone. And my parents are out. And yep. Ben rightly confused is like, wait a minute. My sitter needs a sitter? Yeah. And then she has to like stay and watch the movie with them because she's not allowed to go home. I was so confused by the appearance of this uh, young lady because she is as close to Punky Brewster as you can get without triggering a lawsuit. She <laughs> is Salil she's Moon. She's a punk poster. She's Salil Moon baked. <laughs> oh, no. No. Salil <gasps> Sunfry? There you go. Yeah. Cirque de Soleil. But that's redundant, you realize, because Soleil is French for sun, so her name is literally Sun Moon Fry. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that yeah. until now. Yep. So, so. ignorance is bliss. Yep. Uh, so they all <laughs> sit down to watch themselves a movie and eat their fucking terrible, horrible things. Yeah. And then we cut to a hangout spot yeah. of some kind, it's a, a pizza, pizza place. place. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Boner and Mike are sitting I'm sorry, around. Who? His name is fucking Boner. It's Boner. Always going to be Boner. It's not ever not going to be Boner. Let's bring this up right now <laughs> so we can avoid uh, any. <laughs> He's never gonna. He's never gonna get. Um, that's <laughs> no. It's fine. Hey, calm you down. Know, finish that joke in your head. Calm down, boner. <laughs> I can't. Boner, you're not supposed to. Why are you just popping up yeah, everywhere? Exactly. Boner? I was like, make a popping up joke. Here yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boner's always sticking himself in where he doesn't belong. Sure, 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 sure. Turning sure, himself sure, sure, where sure. he doesn't belong. Uh, Andrew Caning is the uh, actor who played this. The uh, son of Walter Caning, who was. Um, and uh, Chekhov oh. from Star Trek, who very sadly uh, died by suicide oh. uh, in 2008 or so. No, it was just a few years ago, 2016, at the age of 41. Okay, so we're at the pizza place, and suddenly a guy that they used to go to school with named Roland, which is totally a name that people give their kids in the 70s. Sure. Um, it's not he's now no a, Jackson. He's now a college dude. He rocks up wearing sunglasses at night, and that's how you know he's fucking cool. Yeah. He's picking up eight large pizzas for a party he's going to. And um, Keep that in mind. He's picking up pizzas for this party. For this party. So this is mm. this is our meeting with the mentor. This is our older, he's wiser. Done. All right. I mean. No, no, no. He's not a good one. No, it's fine. But he, uh, the boys can't figure out what to do. They're sitting around talking about how they've got no, nothing to do, nowhere to go, no real yeah, plans. They're going to, they're going to go to a drive-in and lip read a Swedish movie. Which is, I which guess, I guess nudity they think is, is the thing. Get fucking whatever. Yeah. So Roland says he's going to this party that's going to have, quote, young girls, a heated pool, no parents, let's get wild, get together. Uh, very shades of Jeffrey Epstein, the way he's talking about this. It's not great. Uh, and then the also, boys, like. I feel like we, we missed uh, an opportunity in this conversation where we should have just clicked in on these guys going, man, why don't we ever get invited anywhere? <laughs> Boner, do you know why we don't get invited anywhere? Also, I wrote down that Boner must be really tired from his commute, for, uh, must be exhausted by his commute from Long Island because he has a thick fucking accent. Hey, Mikey, Mikey, I'm a ghoul. It's fucking terrible. It's so Italian. Yeah, it is, but it's so good I'm, for you because yeah, that's your alone. sweet spot. Yeah, fantastic. I can add to my repertoire. Yep. Of, uh, Tony Danza, Boner, boner. Mario. <laughs> hey, I do a good Boner is something I want to be able to yell all the time. I do a good boner. I do a good boner. Um, the boys beg to be allowed to attend this debauchery, and they get, actually get down on their knees in the pizza place. And so Roland grudgingly acquiesces by like beckoning them with two fingers. Weird. And they follow him out of the pizza place. Also, a little bit of a prop note on these pizzas. Usually, if you're going to have pizzas in a scene, you just throw some boxes together. These have fucking grease. grease. Yeah, someone yeah. committed. Some props person was like, this is my moment. To somebody shine. ordered, somebody was like, hey, we need pizza for props. Let's order pizza for ourselves. Let's just put eight pizzas in there. Yeah. No, no, no. They just ordered pizza. Oh, yes. And, then they and the all writer's ate room it. was like, is. we're going to make this is. happen. There it is. We need authenticity. Uh, should they be at a filet mignon shop instead? <laughs> right. So we go to the special world, which is a mansion. 
It is. Uh, Whose house is this? We don't know. Mm-mm. It's that happens all the time. You could, actually that just happened to me on Halloween. I was at a house party in Venice. So this is and the second time someone's appropriated a <laughs> residence. <laughs> but it's very fancy. They walk in and the boys are like, "Whoa!" And Roland's like, "Yeah, this is basically where I hang out all the time now." And there are men in suits with ties on, sure. women with large hair and earrings. Mm-hmm. There is piano music. There are huge arrangements of gladiolas. And Roland's like, enjoy, and saunters off. And the first thing is Boner pops a himself over a nude statue. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Eddie and Mike freak out. It's like a through the looking glass thing. They're it like, is. whoa, look at this party. There's food everywhere. I don't know why. He had to go get, he had pizza. to go get pizzas. Also, you don't go and grab eight pizzas for a grown up party like no. this, do you? Also, like, these people are rich. They couldn't get delivery. Thank you. Come on. So. Um, so now we're in the special world, yeah, pretty clearly. It's pretty special. Uh, uh, okay, this is, this is my, one of my favorite things. Okay. Please tell me you know what I'm about to say. I don't, I, because I have a, I have such a problem. Go ahead. Okay, it doesn't take Mike long to start macking on this blonde girl named Rhoda, who's Rhonda, sorry, Rhonda, oh. who's played by Christy Swanson, who's best known for playing Buffy in the original Va- Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Um, she's also from the Wes Craven's uh, Deadly Friend. And at the time this episode was filmed, she was engaged to Alan Thicke, which Shut is up. all kinds of weird. What? Yes. So what? we have a scene oh where my... Mike Seaver is hitting on no the actress who's engaged in real life to the actor that plays his father on this show. Oh, my God. Yup. That's want to talk about through the looking glass. That's where we are. Talk about through the statutory glass. <laughs> I think it she's old be, enough. It should be through the prison glasses when I mean, we talk to Alan Thicke. Rest in peace, Alan Thicke. R.I.P. Um, we really have more problems with your son. So, Truly. yes. But I'm she, beginning to see the fruit doesn't fall, fall from think, the tree. I don't think she's that young. I think she's probably in her late 20s. You're probably right, but still. But still. Alan Thicke has always been in his 50s. Yes. Th- he was born in his 50s. His voice has been 50 years old since yeah. he was born. So that doesn't play on anything oh, that's, that's happening, great. but it's just a weird piece of trivia. Well, this is going to sound stupid in response. <laughs> uh, Christy Swanson is wearing a dress made out of real Grover fur. <laughs> Not incorrect. Also boots that exactly match the dress. Yeah, 100%. So, oh man. Okay, so I'm they've been talking really for thrown. a pro- Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. But it's I okay, had to okay. say it no, because no, no, it's no. so fucking weird. We're dedicated to the truth here. <laughs> So Mike and Rhonda have been talking for approximately 75 seconds when she whips out a tiny vial of cocaine. First things first. Uh, uh, The use of the word John in this bothers me so John? much. I have oh, to go John. to the John. Yes. So they're no. all doing cocaine in the bathroom, yeah. even though every single person at this party is doing cocaine, which would, they would just be Why out on the it? table. Thank but you. I'm guessing that they couldn't show that. They can't show it. So they're all going into the bathroom. and Like and in groups to do cocaine. So boner. Like, why are we snorting this off toilet seats if we don't Thank have you. to? Well, it adds something to it. <laughs> so boner needs to go to the John and he, he, there's a line for it. And then eight people come out of it. And I've written, I've I've written. And when those eight people come out, I wrote group poops, (laughs) group poops, which is not a thing, which is not a thing. Um, so she's like, yeah, we're all, we're all doing cocaine. You're cool. Aren't you? And Mike just stares, stares at the vial of cocaine, which is on like a little chain. It's like, um, Sarah Michelle Gellar has one of these in, um, in a, uh, Cruel Intentions. She has like a cross necklace that she wears sure. that's full of cocaine. I didn't know cocaine vials were like a thing that Here's fancy thing. ladies carried around, but apparently they are. Here's the thing. In the 70s where, you know, everything was made out of cocaine, right. in, you can find these magazine advertisements <gasps> for like cocaine vials and little t- cocaine spoons and stuff like yeah. that. And they are like classy advertisements. This is some like high lady uh, uh level yeah, lipstick that conceals mm-hmm. uh, joints except subterfuge it's right out there in the open right. chelsea we both live in los angeles yes, we, we know the wild times that happen out here have you ever been to a party you don't have to go into details if you don't want to mm. where there has definitely been cocaine happening yes in the bathroom probably i have I have definitely gone, this has happened to me, where I went to a party, and I was waiting for the bathroom, and four people came out. And yes. I was like, cocaine. I have definitely been to parties where there was cocaine just on the tops of dressers and things. And see, this is the biggest problem that I have, one of the biggest problems, like I've got a lot of problems with this episode. Uh, people are super psyched to share their cocaine, which I only know one thing about <laughs> cocaine, 
that if my life is in an indication, <laughs> nobody wants to share it with you. Because <laughs> I have yet to have anybody been like, hey, would you like some cocaine? Yeah, you're right. It's super expensive. It's not like joints or like like a yeah. like a pipe that people are like, marijuana is a social drug. We're all sure. doing this. It's like, this is my cocaine. It's, yeah. <laughs> Go get your cocaine. Which is how you say Michael Caine <laughs> with a Michael Caine accent. My cocaine. <laughs> oh my God, you're so Did right. You know that? <gasps> oh, yeah. You're so right. Just say my cocaine. My cocaine. Yeah, it's Michael my cocaine. cocaine. Yeah. Oh my God. My, my That's writing, what I learned. My this writing episode. teacher, Chris Cluse. Taught me that. That is my that is my takeaway from this episode. Ma takeaway. Ma takeaway. Okay, <laughs> let's get back into it. We're in Act Two now. Yeah, Rhonda. Wow, we're doing this episode as though we were on cocaine, <laughs> folks. We're under a bit of a time crunch, so we're gonna get a little. We also just ate a bunch of jelly bellies. <laughs> <It> really did. <laughs> so we come back from commercial, but it's one of those things where no time has passed. Yeah, picked up where we left off. And uh, Rhonda sees the open bathroom door and says, "Our turn." And Mike tries to get out of going in there, but he's like wobbling. I'm just like, what the? Mike is fucking shook by the idea. But you've known of... each other for 75 seconds. Yeah. Like he's not a friend of yours. And you're suddenly like, <laughs> want some of my drugs? But then it turns out they're her parents' drugs. No. Anyway. Also, nobody is acting like they're on cocaine here. Not a single person. Only one person has any of the drug effects. And it's, I think this is funny when it's not, which is... Get it right, fucking writers. Like, do some research and figure out what the drugs make you do. Don't just think everything's pot. So, oh, I did some cocaine. Now I got the cocaine munchies. munchies. Um, Deus ex parentis. Rhonda's parents call just at the moment that uh, Mike can't figure out how to get out of doing cocaine with her. And so it turns out this is her house. And so she she goes to take the phone call and she tells Mike not to go anywhere and leaves him with this girl, Lana, who he knows. Yes. Um, Maybe from school. It's not quite clear, but he knows Lana. And she he says, Lana, there's cocaine at this party. And she's like, yeah, duh. Fuck yeah, there is. (laughs) Woo! And now there's pizza here too. <laughs> so he then he goes to tell Mike and he Mike then goes to tell Eddie and Boner about Who's the that? cocaine. Eddie and Boner. Boner? And they give him That can't be right. <laughs> no, oh, let me check my notes. His name. Holy yep. fuck, you're Boney. right. And they give him the horrified reaction that he was looking for. Uh, from Lana, and he says, let's leave. But then they're all like, but there are girls here, and we don't have other plans, and we don't want to go. Over and Eddie retorts, a lot of cool people use cocaine. I mean, solid point, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie is also one of the uh, kids from E.T., the actor yeah, playing he Eddie is. So. He's got... It's not a mullet, a lot of people in like, this scene have done cocaine, if you know what I'm saying. It's like... It's like a it's like a thing that you're growing. It's gonna be a mullet. It's like a baby mullet. It just curls over the back of oh, his, I see what you're saying. His collar. Yeah, it's, it's like a disturbing hairstyle. It is. This is to mullets as fourteen year old mustaches are to mustaches. Yes. It's like I can't quite get there yet, but that's not gonna stop but me I'm from gonna trying. But I'm gonna try, and everyone could witness my attempt. So we get we have to go back to movie night now because we have to break up this dramatic right. tension with the B plot. Uh, fucking Maggie comes in with mock Oh no, apple sorry. Pies. There's there's stuff that happens before that that I want to talk about. There's oh. actually specifically two lines that I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, Eddie says a lot of cool people use cocaine, and Mike goes, "That stuff is killing people." That stuff is killing. Yes, people. and then Eddie says, "It's not going to hurt us if we just use it this one time." Just, and a lot of people thought that the exactly. first time they used it, and Mike's now they're like, all dead. Exactly. Which hundred percent. Well, he's like, "I'm sure everyone who's messed up by this drug feels felt the same way the first time," which is a thousand percent an adult writer. Like, no yeah. kid is going to say that. And then Eddie says, "Everyone, if we leave, everyone." Everyone's gonna think we're weenies, and I was like, "That sounds like a teenage boy." There also, it is. Also, are gonna- you? Are you? Wait, are you worried about everybody thinking you're a weenie boner? <laughs> hey, boner, are you worried about people thinking you're a weenie? Yep. Fucking get it together, episode. If you've got to look, look, look. I don't like to give advice. You know, I don't want to be like a Hollywood writer type. But if you are gonna give your characters the name boner, you need to like put that on a board somewhere and be like, hey. <laughs> Just a reminder that this guy's name is Boner, so we might need to like tailor our discussions to yeah. that. <laughs> yep. Nope. Fuck. So that was just my only point about that, is that there's this definitely, like, everyone says that the first time, which is such adult logic, followed by, they're going to think we're weenies if we leave, boner. which is boner logic. So then we go back to movie night, where <laughs> everyone and the babysitter is watching... Uh, all right, so first things first. Drug cartel yeah. type thriller. Right, hold on. First things first. Maggie comes in with mock apple pies. Yeah, which she's, looks like regular apple pie to yeah, me. Yeah, she's just elated by the whole goddamn thing. And so they're <laughs> watching a movie, 
And she's like, what did I miss? And young Ben goes into this whole thing about like, it's a drug cartel, but like specifically a cocaine cartel. Yep. yep. And it's like, that's are you trying to 100% do That's intentional. That's yeah, definitely intentional. what are you trying to, are you trying to be like, oh, this is... Drugs yeah. are scary in yes. action movies. And I think it's, but also I think it's like kids know so much more about drugs than we did when we were their age. They do make the joke, Carol's like, that sounds low, which I thought was just like a throwaway line. No. I think you might be right. I think that we have Ben and Carol talking about cocaine like seasoned DEA agents in here right well, now. Now that we're talking about this, Chelsea, I'm going to very dramatically lock this door. Right. Well, wait till the end of the episode. Okay, okay. Very dramatically. Uh, unlocked, yeah. unlocked, unlocked. So mom, Carol, tries to put on a Disney movie and no one wants to watch that. And mm-hmm. then they, Trudy, the babysitter's dad, arrives to pick her up. And in a truly baller move, she insists on being paid for the time spent watching disagree. TV with the Seavers. She's like, Fucking... I gave up my evening for this. You didn't call and cancel. Yeah, sorry. Um, Trudy grows All up to be a CEO. All power to the proletariat, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So then it's just the parents alone on the couch and... I think this is where this is where my conclusion comes from is that dad Jason turns to mom mom uh, Maggie and says if I knew as much as Ben did when I was 10 I'd have been really dangerous and she says Ben is really dangerous mm-hmm. and it's a laugh line the audience laughs but I think the point they're making here is like Kids know about drugs. But drugs are everywhere, is, and kids are aware of them, and kids know about them. Don't worry. By the end of that episode, the audience is going to feel fucking stupid. <laughs> so now we... I can't believe we laughed at that. Yep. So we're we just, did gasp at that other thing, so did. it's okay. We are now flying through this like we are on cocaine. Yes, mm. we are approaching the inmost cave back at Casa de Cocaine. Uh, Rhonda returns with a truly... Cocaine house. That means cocaine house. <laughs> cocaine house. Shea cocaine. Rhonda returns with a truly... That means cocaine house. That means cocaine. <laughs> a truly terrible forced laugh. She can't stop giggling, thinking about how upset her parents would be if they knew she was having this party. It's their coke. Ha ha ha. Unexpected. Mm. And then she says my favorite line of the entire episode. Can't wait. Because she's, Mike's like, these are my guy friends. And she says, and Lana's there. And now there are two girls and three guys. And as opposed to just the two of them talking about going into the john to do cocaine mm. and she says let's make this a group toot group toot please tell me you spent as much time looking up group toot as you did yabos the last time we watched no Growing Pains. i didn't i group was like toot? is this well, a thing i i mean i'm assuming so group toot that didn't come out of nowhere it's a group toot. It's a group toot. Well, I was upset because I had, I had already written down group poops. <laughs> I felt real good about that, but then it's like group toot, and I'm like, well, fuck you. You just <laughs> stole my joke somehow. Is that a Beach Boy song? My little group My toot. little group toot. Yep, that's it. That's it. Let's go to the John. <laughs> no, I, I was I was elated by this. While well, you're looking that up. I assumed you would look it up. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have enough time for jazz research as I might have liked. I don't Uh-oh. have time to look this, this up. I assumed Let's you were going to tell me what a group toot was. Sorry, buddy. Well, you know what a group toot is? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, it's when a bunch we, of people going in. We all do Michael Caine in the bathroom. Yeah, we all do Michael Caine in the bathroom. Yes. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> uh, don't drag me into this. Bad. Uh, I'm just right. a butler. So, this, supreme this is, ordeal. Yeah. Now we get to the climax. So this is my favorite part of the episode. So we we do the very typical Mike is like, I don't do cocaine. Come on, guys. Let's get out of here. But his friends are like, wait a second, though. Yeah. But, 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 but girls. Right. And they're like, hey, Mike, as so many people have said in the history of time, maybe it's worth doing drugs if I get laid out of it. Yes. Also, it's worth getting laid if I get drugs out of it. It's also an alternative. <laughs> Two-way street. So the, my, he he's yeah, trying. I'm sorry, he's trying to get out of doing this and yeah. without without like looking uncool. So the first thing he gets out of his mouth is, "I've never done coke." Yes, and that doesn't deter them. They're like, "We'll be gentle with you," giggling, giggling, and the other two dudes are like, "We've never done it either." Be and that, gentle with us. That becomes not a way to get out of it. So then he finally says what he wants to say, which is, "I don't want to do it." Okay, and the whole party turns and stares at him, and some people laugh. And then he looks like a real weenie, and so he's like, "Guys." Let's get out of here. Yeah. And so he's about, he, he walks out of the door and the two other, I'm sorry, Eddie and Boner. Yeah, Boner. Do not follow him. Yeah. He um, says, I thought you were my friends. And here's my favorite fucking thing is he's like, guys, he gives them the whole spiel about like drugs are bad, this and that and the other. And he's like, guys, we got to get out of here because there are drugs here. And Boner says to the effect of, please don't try to peer pressure us into doing the right thing. Yes. I'm like, fucking fair call. He says, friends don't make friends do stuff they don't want to do. Yeah. Like, leave parties full of drugs. Fucking well done, boner. <laughs> hey, here's a sentence that's never happened. 
Hey, Boner makes a good point. Boner makes a great point, and Mike goes exactly and exits with a door slam. He and misses the he misses the fact that you know peer pressure is all bad is right. what Boner is saying. Exactly, it's so good. And then we linger on. Well, the girls come back because they've gone. They've forgotten that they were on the way to a group toot. They've mm-hmm. gone to check on the hot tub. They come back and they look at uh, Eddie and Boner and they say. Are are you guys in? Like, are you two remaining boys going to do this with for us? Two more. And then they, the camera lingers on their faces, and we cut away, so we don't know what choice the boys made. Well, we do get some sort of hint because before they come back, my other favorite line of this episode, before they come back, Eddie's like, "What's wrong?" And Boner's like, "I'm I'm conflicted." I think he says, "I'm conflicted." Mm-hmm. And then he says, "And I'll do my best Boner impression." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been running with Mikey <laughs> since the first grade. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real good fella we've situation. Been running, we've been running these mean streets. <laughs> running? Oh, remember that one job we pulled with Mikey that one remember time? Remember all those backroom card games we oh. got up to with Mikey in third grade? Remember all the whores and cocaine we've done with Mikey? Hey, wait a second. Why are we debating this? <laughs> yeah, he sounds real tough, but uh, that's not true. So okay. so that's the supreme ordeal. Yeah. Mike Mike leaves, but mm-hmm. he may have damaged his friendship. He may have sacrificed that to like get out of doing the drugs, and uh, and people laughed at him. And yeah. and so then he goes people back. People that he has admitted he will never see again. Right. Yeah. So then he goes home, and we actually have instead of normally in a sitcom, we jump straight to after the supreme ordeal, the healing of the community, especially in like a drug based very special episode. The hero. Immediately feels great about the fact that they like got through the Supreme sure. ordeal and they're proud of themselves and uh, we're proud of them. But this is uh, actually more nuanced than that. And what we have is in terms of the hero's journey, the road back, which is a it's a the penultimate step of the hero's journey where the hero is pursued by dark forces that were stirred up during the ordeal. So the danger dark is forces past. are being called a weenie. Yeah. So the danger, the immediate danger of doing cocaine is behind him. He made that choice, but he's not at peace. He's been pursued by something. So he gets home. His dad's waiting up for him because he's broken curfew by an hour and a half. Starts giving him, his dad starts giving him shit about breaking his curfew. His curfew he's broken, which his curfew was 1 a.m. Yeah, right? 1 a.m. And then his Maybe dad... Maybe it's your fault if your kids do drugs. Right. There, I said it. But then his dad or therapist senses prick up and he realizes that Mike's not okay his, his to his credit. Therapist senses boner up. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and Mike's like, can we talk as friends? Can I just, can I tell you the truth about what's happening without fear of punishment? And Jason is worried at this point yeah. uh, and agrees to that. So he tells him the whole thing and he says, he doesn't feel like he did the right thing, even though it was the right thing. And he thinks everybody's going to call him a weenie. Mm-hmm. And you know, all, all Jason, Jason Sieber. Yeah. All he can say is like, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. And he admits that he's been driving around for hours trying to like get all right with what he did. Right. And his dad is like, I'm relieved. I'm proud of you. But Mike is like, people were laughing at me and I had all this pressure from my best friend, which I didn't expect. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. uh, I don't know why I don't feel good basically. And Jason says, you're never going to be able to please everybody. And Mike says, tonight I didn't please anybody. And Jason says, except yourself, which Which I feel like please is the wrong word to use. Yeah. Because because Mike is not pleased with himself. Especially after I've heard the word boner so many times, I just think he's (laughs) going to go jerk it. But there's something along the lines of like, you don't have to answer to anybody but yourself. You don't have to like respect yourself, you know, uh, do right by yourself, which Mike sort of grudgingly acknowledges. And then, uh, I like this. I actually really like this because it's not a pat conclusion. Yeah. Oh no, that's fine. the The moment I don't quite care for. Uh, not the. Not the. Te- okay. So, Kurt Cameron is like, "Yeah, I guess you're right." And he's about to head upstairs, and then he's like, "Thanks, Dad," and he hugs him. Yeah. And the audience is just like, "You've put a bowl of '80s television in this yes. audience that they eat it up. They go from awe to thunderous applause." Yeah, they love this. So this scene, from the moment he comes into the hug, I am totally on board with this scene. Okay. I really like it. There's a little tag that's not part of, that's I'm excluding that. Sure. But up to this point, because this I like discussion. it because let's say that. yes, this because it's a frank had. discussion. It yeah. shows a kid being honest with their parents about something they went through. The right. parent not judging them. That's the most important part to me is like having a, a a moment where a parent hears about a dangerous situation a child has been in, and instead of freaking out about how they could have gotten themselves in an irresponsible situation, hears it out. Yeah, and saying and, you're grounded, you're never to see yeah. those people again. Da 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 da. You know. 
respects the fact that their kid made the right choice. Yeah. That's important to me. The rest of this is all muddled up with, you know, the portrayal of cocaine and cocaine parties. Right. And Grover fur that we've seen so far. Grover fur. Yeah. But this scene taken separate from the fact that we don't actually get, as we've complained about so many times before on this podcast, any information about cocaine or yeah. what it does or mm-hmm. what its effects are or anything other than it's just a boogeyman. It's killing um, people. And that's the thing. This, yeah. this scene, I wish we had more of in very special episodes of like kids and parents having frank discussions without mm-hmm. judgment and the parents just being like, I'm here to support you. You have to make your own choices, but you can always talk right. to me. Um, and a, a real thing about peer pressure instead of like, Hey, peer pressure is bad. It's like, right. you know, fucking you got to do right by yourself. So then there's a little, there's oh, a little tag, boy, oh boy. which Jason reveals that Eddie and Boner called and yeah. said, to Eddie tell Mike Boner, yeah. uh, he's, they said to tell Mike they didn't go to the bathroom and they don't want to. And he doesn't know what that means, but Mike does. And he's like, that means a lot. And the audience laughs. And we know now that the group is healed without yeah. the two boys having to come back into the show, which is, um, that's the sort of like, that's the ultimate step of the hero's journey, sure. the healing of the community. The boys are back together. And now we have a little play that starts. Oh, hold on though. I, we have this moment where I thought, well, this is as loud as I'm going to laugh during this episode. <laughs> We're fucking, uh, Mike's gone upstairs and uh, Jason Seaver is, is like... This is what starts the play for me. Well, yeah. He goes, yeah. he says, what a world. Yeah. And then like puts the chain on his front door and it yeah. like fades to black. And I laughed yes. so loud. We close up on the chain, uh-huh. which the implication being like, maybe they usually lock the door, but they don't put the chain, which they have, but don't use or something. What if cocaine tries to get in? Exactly. But what if cocaine... What if Rhonda shows up here with the violent cocaine? She's got that superhuman cocaine strength. We're going to need the chain. What if she shows up? She shows up here because she's dating dad. No. So he says, what a world, and puts the chain on the door, and then we go back to the party. And I was like, oh, what a weird little tag. Yeah. By the way, if you're on drugs, stop watching this episode. It's going to fuck you up. This whole thing is amazing. We go back to the party. We're going to just take this beat by beat, even though it's the very tiny part of the episode because it's so thrilling. There's a lot. Just like We're back normal, at the party. Like, it looks awesome. People yeah. are milling around. All the same actors we saw before. <laughs> They're in their fancy clothes. Yep. Food, gladiolus, the whole thing. Uh-huh. And then Mike Seaver comes out, you think, but he's in a hoodie yeah. and jeans and he sits on the table so irreverent. And then you, and then, and then it's Kirk Cameron. It's not Mike Seaver. They put a title up that says Kirk Cameron yes. on the screen, yes. just in case. <laughs> so then it's a PSA. It's a PSA, and this is what's going to happen, camera wise. Kirk Cameron's going to deliver his lines uh-huh. straight to the camera. We're going to pan from seeing the entirety of the room with all these zombie people facing the camera, yeah, tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter on his face until by the end of this thing. We are up his fucking nose with this camera. Ironically, ironically, ironically. We are the cocaine. We're the cocaine. We're the cocaine. It's the cocaine's eye view. Cocaine's eye view. And he will start with, he starts with lots of people will tell you that drugs are cool. Uh, And then he goes on to tell you not everyone is doing drugs. You don't have to do it Mm -hmm. to make your friends happy. And everyone is just creepy zombie staring at the camera. Death staring. (laughs) Like they were like, hey, look at this as though it's somebody who killed your fucking mom. Right. And then he actually says. Boner included. (laughs) He actually says, I'm not telling you how to live your your lives, which A, he definitely is. That's what PSAs are. And B is the opposite of what Kirk Cameron will become known for. Oh, 100%. <laughs> also, he says, I'm not being paid to say this. Uh, yeah, yeah, you are. You are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. 100%. And, and then he says, this is how I feel. If you think that makes me uncool, you're wrong. And by this point, that, that's the end. If you think this makes me uncool, you're wrong. And by this point, we're so close on his it's face. Really close. I was like. Is he crying? Like his, I think it was just the natural moisture of his eyes or something. But his eyes are like a little bit red. And I was like, we're so close now. That could just be his natural eye teardrops. Or he could be crying. Or he could be. It's, it's so flatly emotional. It just doesn't make any sense. And the people staring at you. So creepy. I am so glad. By the way, folks, I believe this is the first direct PSA we have encountered in this podcast history. Well, we've done the Stevel ones. No, 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 it's different. When when it is a PSA, hi there, I'm the actor. Yeah. You might know me from this or yeah. whatever, where mm. we'll run into this more and more often, but this is the first time where it's the tag of an episode. Right. The person comes out and they're like, 
I'm going to do a Frank. They I'm often gonna leverage my celebrity. They often sit down on a thing, which yeah. made me laugh. Like yeah. he very like gently sits down on the table like, hey, we're just going to have a little rap session. Here. Yeah. I'm sitting on a table full of food. Yeah. No big deal. Why do we bring pizzas? Who knows? <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm not here to point out plot holes. <laughs> yes, we are. So <laughs> this episode, and that's the end of the episode, needless that's to it. say, because where do you it. go after that? Yeah. So no. I watched this show Up mostly. Kirk Cameron's the- nose is where you go after that. <laughs> Um, I watched this episode on the Disney Channel where the show aired in syndication, but this episode was never aired on the Disney Channel due to drug use and mild swearing, which I completely didn't even register unless they're calling boner mild swearing. <laughs> but, that is not mild swearing. But I was like, oh, I never would have seen this even as a kid. Like all the episodes I, I watched it on the Disney Channel. I, I, I'm not familiar with this. this one either. No. Um I think I've watched these things in real time, so I'm not sure. So let's talk about how well this episode does its job. We've already sort of jumped into it, but let's continue. I mean, I feel like we're just going to retread a lot of ground here. Uh, We we just have to point out the fact that they don't tell you what happens when you do cocaine. Right. They just tell you cocaine is bad. And then they get into peer pressuring. They inadvertently make a good point about the... the, the, (laughs) Right. That if you are trying to tell your friends to do the right thing, technically you're peer pressuring them. Uh, And then they landed on like the decent conversation at the end, which in my opinion is all muddled because they fucked everything else up. Right. I will say I will give them plaudits for not using the just say no terminology, which this, by the time this episode aired, that had been like... of, that was like this was the height of just say no that slogan to come out five years previously right. and they don't do the thing where like drugs show up and I say no and I leave immediately like I think it's a credit that he stays at the party sure. for a while he sort of works through his own feelings about it um, then he doesn't quite know how to say like he can't just say no like he needs to give a reason and sure. he doesn't get out the real reason and the that's first time fine. Um, and so uh I, I just, I kind of think I like the way that it's handled just because it's, it's messy and sloppy and not as cut and dried as like, I said no. And then I came home and my parents pla- cla- clapped me on the back and I felt great. I agree with you on that. I, I still feel as though like you don't give enough time to the idea of, um, I'm having trouble figuring out how to say no. It is an argument between Mike and his two goofus friends, one of his name Boner, uh, who are trying to carry the comedic weight of the show while this is happening. It's mm-hmm. like, but Mike, we might get to fuck some girls. Guys, cocaine is killing people. But vaginas. <laughs> yeah. But the Boner. I want to get this Boner in a hot tub. <laughs> You know. <laughs> right. Um, his name is Boner. His name is Boner, guys. It's just always going to be Boner for seven Boner. seasons. So a little bit of background. I mean, I'm, we all know what PSAs are. We've talked about them on the show. We've talked about Just Say No. Yep. Uh, we haven't talked about specifically whether these are effective. I think anecdotally we know they aren't. But sure. just to back that up with some statistics per marketplace, uh, beginning in the 1980s, a combination of government, nonprofits, and companies weaponized something they knew teens already loved, TV. Mm-hmm. Um, PSAs were everywhere. Anti-drug PSAs were everywhere. Gov- the government funded them. Uh, television stations and networks donated airtime for them. The government has spent, since the 80s, more than a billion dollars funding yes. anti-drug public service announcements, and there's no good evidence to show that these ads worked. Studies show that ads, even if they sour teens' attitudes on drugs, didn't actually cause them to change their behavior. In fact, some ads had a forbidden fruit effect sure. that made teens even more curious about drugs. And I gotta say, this episode this probably... does not show anyone having a bad time with uh-uh. cocaine. It really doesn't. And again, when you stay away from the actual effects, it's almost almost as bad, but not as bad, as when you show somebody doing great when they're on drugs, right. which happens more so often, often than not. Um, we know from the statistics that scare tactics don't work. Mm. You would think that we had learned something from the 80s, however, that you know, the White House recently partnered with nonprofits to create graphic anti-opioid PSAs. Yeah. Arizona is in the midst of a, an anti-opioid social media campaign that includes two horror movie-themed ads. Great. So we know scare tactics don't work, but this this so, was a well, little more maybe nuanced. Maybe by the time this episode releases, the opioid crisis will, will be, be over. Double, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. this will be old news. Sure. But um, Opioids, for those of you listening, are right. pills. Mm. Um, but... The opposite of cocaine, actually. So um, scare tactics don't work, but the the only tactic that has been proven to 
has been proven mildly effective, is, as a study from Ohio State University pointed out, is that teens are slightly less likely slightly less likely to try drugs when ads show drug-free teens as independent and thinking for themselves. And then this guy, um, as opposed to scaring, being like, here's a person thinking for themselves. This guy, Keith Humphreys, a professor at Stanford University and a drug policy advisor to presidents both Bush and Obama, Mm. said... The thing you can do is just give people factual bits of information that are helpful to them, like what to do if you're struggling with addiction or tips on preventing overdoses, because teens are teens, and once you start telling them what to do, that's when they start tuning out. It just makes a lot of sense. And it's not like that just happened this year where right. teens stopped, you know, being wanting to be pushed around. That's been the history of teenagers. The history of teenagers. I mean, like, let's look at the Fonz. Yeah. Let's go back. Nobody pushed that, that dude around. No. He marched mm-hmm. to the beat of his own drummer. They're like, hey, Fonz, could you? Could you hey. Could you, oh, okay. Hey, Fonz, I'm sorry, Fonz. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you have this illegitimate child here, though, and you just want to. Hey. All right, Fonz, it's fine. We'll put him in an orphanage. It's good. It's good. Fonz. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, so lovable. Kick a trash can. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Welcome to Kick a Trash Can, a podcast in which. In which we do vaguely Italian accents and talk about kicking trash cans. Good boner. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so the only tactic that is mildly effective is to show someone thinking for themselves, which this episode somewhat does, mm-hmm. but doesn't quite stick it. It, it almost gets there, but not quite. And we still don't get any facts about the thing that's the boogeyman, which is the Michael yeah. Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine, the boogeyman. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, it's not, it's not cohesive enough to hit enough beats where that talk at the end is great, but that's a whole point about how to be a good parent and how to yeah. talk through a difficult issue. It's not about how to avoid cocaine. Yeah, I uh, think this, this feels the, to me the same feeling I had it the last time we watched Growing Pains, which was like, yeah. this is not egregious. It's not so bad that we're looking at it these years later and being like, holy fuck, yeah. they show this to kids. But it's also not super great. No, it feels like... It's real middle of the road. It feels primitive. When it, when you're trying to inform somebody about something, it's like, this is what cavemen would have done to try to inform right. people. Would um, I show this to people yeah, that's the question. now as an anti-cocaine uh, episode of television? No, no I would not. No, obviously not. Um, uh, who let's, uh, who did you want to hug here? Oh, I want to hug Christy Swanson oh, and, do the, and do the run girl. girl. <laughs> You're better than this. Girl. You're younger than this. Get away from that. <laughs> what did you learn? Uh, <laughs> that I learned that Alan Thicke was engaged to Christy. I Swanson. learned Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine. Well, these are both equally important things yes. that we've learned. Wow. Yes. Really weird. Alan Thicke and Christy Swanson. Yeah, I don't. The trivia didn't say they ever got married. It just said at the time they they filmed this episode, they were engaged. Alan Thicke. Yep. God, that's fucked up. But if you're out there, watch Wes Craven's Deadly Friend. (laughs) It is a messed up fucking movie. Do you know the story of this? No, I don't. But Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original original movie, movie is is pretty great. Wes Craven. That was a slumber party staple for me. I will try to make this very brief. Wes Craven, uh, after he did Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, they were like, Wes Craven, you should do any movie you want. He's like, well, I want to do kind of a fun like a little bit spooky, like sure. a Goosebumps movie about a kid and his robot. And they're like, great. Great. And then he shot it. And then he shot it. And they're like, hey, Wes Craven, uh, everybody wants you to be much more spooky. So in this feel good, fun movie, no. we need you to add five incredibly gory scenes. <gasps> <laughs> no. And it's fantastic, including, spoiler, uh, somebody throwing a basketball through somebody's head. Deadly Friend, Wes Craven's Deadly Friend, highly recommended by Hugging and Learning. All right. Well, by one half of Hugging and Learning. The other half has not seen it and withholds opinion. 75% recommendation. By Um, the hugging side. All right, folks, uh, thank you. It certainly wasn't a boner that you joined us here today. Womp womp. Yeah. Uh, But join us again next time, and we won't probably say the word boner at all. Ever. No. Maybe. We'll see you next time. Bye. Boner. (laughs) 
you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks! This time I mean it. I'm ready.